Rebag is a luxury resale marketplace. They have a curated collection of investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry. Each piece is carefully vetted and verified by experts. You can buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Hermes, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com to get 10% off your first purchase with code REBAG10. That's Rebag.com to get 10% off your first purchase with code REBAG10. Betches Media presents Ha Ha Laugh Funny Mention It All A Bravo by Betches Podcast We don't say that but now we said it With Dylan Hafer Hold on track me bro And Barry Rosenfeld I need to start drinking alcohol Now go to sleep we Hey everyone welcome back to the Mention It All Podcast I'm Dylan Hafer And I'm Barry Rosenfeld Sweating because it is another goddamn heat, heat storm, heat, heat wave, heat, heat storm, a heat wave. Made that up. <laughs> um, let me tell you. So last night, I went to Ms. Sonia Morgan's preview performance for her Sonia in Your City tour, and it was really it was an experience yes still and we i've realized that you went to the pre whatever practice uh pre rehearsal but i'm going probably to the actual one like the show remember i asked you the other day i was like what is this okay you totally should um it was a very entertaining time um you know sonia was i would say feeling loose and having a good time. And, you know, I, I enjoyed it. It was a, it was a fun night. I mean, what could not be fun about that, you know, but I'm, I'm intrigued. Oh yeah. No. It was funny because <laughs> it was funny. Cause I feel like everyone at the event had absolutely no idea what to expect. Yeah. And so beforehand we're kind of like, okay, like, is this like a, it says like comedy show, but like, is it like a musical thing? Like, is she doing stand up? And it was, it was hard to describe, but are a, you a great time nonetheless. To, good. Are you allowed to answer? Um, was there any yeah, guests? Were there any guests there? Like, were there any per- surprises? Um, there were. There were other performers. There were not like Bravo guests. So I don't know, but I think there's going to be. So she, I think she's doing one in New York, one in Philly, one in D, like a, there's like a bunch oh, okay. of cities. And I think the guests might be different at each one. Like I, like they might have like a different like drag queen at Fine. each show. I don't know, but it's giving we Luann didn't see a run any, for her money. I know it's very different. Like if you've seen, if you've seen Luann's show, it's like very, it's very like well put together. Like it's like a well-oiled machine, uh-huh. but it, it's not like. It doesn't feel like chaotic, which is c- fine. Right. Like it's it's a you know it's clearly like a well produced show, but I would say this was a little more like pure entertainment because it was like kind of messy in like a fun way that you want so that you like you expect from Sonia. So mm-hmm. let's okay before <laughs> we before we prattle on any further. <laughs> Let's get into Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. Of course, we have our interview with Crystal Kong Minkoff uh, later in the episode. So we're just going to chat through some of the top moments from last night's episode. And then we have a really great interview. So, you know, just just keep your Stick ears. Around. your ears. I was going to say keep your eyes peeled, but that's not how that works. It's a podcast. Uh-uh. So like, mm-hmm. keep, don't stop listening. Um, 
<laughs> um, okay, so last night's episode, definitely like the the centerpiece was the Rinna Beauty Party, which we'll talk about. Um, quickly, I do want to mention, um, we see Lisa Rinna with both of her daughters. My and first note, like, trying my first on, note. They're trying on some of her old dresses and we see Ayal who, oh, he's so hot. He's so hot. They're so, so cute hot. together. Like they're such a cute couple, him and Delilah. And we obviously see how Lisa feels about her relationship as opposed to Amelia, little Amelia yeah, Gray and Scott. <laughs> it's Aww. like awkward. I mean, I guess this was still probably like six or seven months ago when they filmed this. But now that Amelia and Scott have been together for like almost a year, it's like, do we still feel the same way about it? Cause it's going to be awkward if they're together for like a long time. And Lisa's like on record as being like, this is cringy. I know. And it's funny because the first time they talked about it, like when they, she had like talked, not, not the word admitted, but when she like first addressed it on the show, right. It's way, she's way more open about not liking it now. Like she was, eh, you could tell she wasn't happy, but now yes. she's like, no. <laughs> yeah, it was actually weird because the first time she brought it up, she was like, oh, you know, it's fun. And now, like, it's been a few months and she's kind of like, oh, you know, <laughs> uh, like, why does it have to be him? Like, <laughs> she's, you know, it's 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 I interesting. Would, and we know I, Harry Hamlin has feelings, even though he'll never talk about it on camera. No. And it's just sad because, like. The whole world obviously agrees with Lisa. I shouldn't say the whole world, a lot of the world, but like, you never know. It could be one of those couples that absolutely surprises the shit out of everyone and lasts a lifetime. And I wish them well. It could be. Um, So we have, uh, I, I feel like we have another event. So we had Dorit hosted the meeting that Sutton called and now Crystal is hosting Lisa's Rinna Beauty launch, which is, it's so interesting to hear that Crystal just loves using her home to host things. And she says that in like normal non-pandemic times, she's hosting two to three parties a week for like random, not like random people, but like she just offers up her house, which is so crazy. Like I, the thought of hosting like, of like having three friends over for like a movie night stresses me out. So like the, the idea that she's just like regularly hosting these like large produced events is wild. Because your house is so gorgeous and so beautiful. And she's so like humble. She's like, I just like to do it because it goes with my personality. Like I love planning. (laughs) She's so great. Let me, let me tell you this Rina beauty event looks gorgeous it's this outdoor setup they're only you know because of pandemic reasons there it's only like the eight of them at this thing even even poor cheryl the business partner has to leave before they sit (laughs) sit down to eat okay part of me feels like she said okay i'm going now is because like there is there was no one else there besides the cast so there was no reason for her to be there like right well, it's weird because, like, obviously the whole party was lip-themed, you know, like, they there were touches there, but, like, when it's really just the cast hanging out again, it's, like, there wasn't, they didn't, like, talk about the lipstick and stuff that much. Like, it very much was, like, okay, this is the party theme, but, like, the actual party is just, like, the 
eight of us eating lunch. Yeah. And I honestly felt bad because it was a big deal for Rena. And I just have to point out her outfit that she wore to that event was one of my favorite looks she's ever worn. Oh, I thought everybody looked really nice. And the way, the way they, you know, the lighting, the, the different shots that they had, like everybody just looked gorgeous at this lunch, like Dorit's little top knot ponytail. Kyle looked great. Garcelle in her oversized sunglasses, Sutton in her like red power suit. Like I was, I was into everything. Like, I just thought this was something about Crystal's backyard. It's very cinematic. Well, (laughs) that makes sense. But So (laughs) yeah, there's like Lion King memorabilia (laughs) in the background. Um, But so we go into this lunch and we know the big issue already is going to be that Dorit wants to bring up this issue that she feels Garcelle has with her. And I think it's it's interesting that we're framing this or that Dorit is framing this as, I feel like Garcelle has an issue with me. So I'm going to like ask her what her issue is. Not like I have an issue with Garcelle and I'm going to confront her about something. Because I feel like Dorit's putting herself in like a defensive position when you can tell that Garcelle is kind of like, I mean, I don't really feel like I'm doing anything to you, but I'll tell you that I think you're kind of annoying. <laughs> I completely agree that Dorit went into it with the wrong like attitude. She was very defensive and she, along with everyone else that I noticed, and they even had, like mentioned it, is they all feel that way about Dorit. Like she just doesn't land the plane. Like I was laughing out loud when Kyle was like, you ask Dorit what time it is and she tells you how to build the clock. Like she just can never give a straight answer. She talks for so long. And like watching that conversation was a bit exhausting because like Garcelle was being very like mature as she is obviously. And like genuine. And she's like, yeah, let's talk about it. Okay. That's what I did, whatever. And Dorit kept going. Like she kept going and going and going and, and, even Garcelle's like, wait, we're going around again in circles. Like, I don't understand. We right. and, came to the conclusion. And Garcelle, I feel like Garcelle doesn't actually have a reason to dislike Dorit. So she's trying to be as diplomatic as possible because she doesn't want to hurt her feelings or be rude. But then Dorit is like, okay, so you're saying if I've done that, but you really mean when I've done that. And it's like, I mean, yeah, there's a... She wouldn't have said it if you've never done that before. But at the same time, it's like she's trying to be as polite as possible while also telling you what her issue is. And I think it's it's like Dorit kind of wants to start shit. But at the same time, she doesn't want she wants Garcelle to like her. And so I think she's kind of like frustrated because she feels like Garcelle has an issue with her. And like (laughs) when she's like, you know. At the, at the end when she's like, I would hate to be accused of belaboring a point. It's like, Doreen, just like, you talk and a lot. Dorit, it's not like, a, goes, it's not like really? a character flaw. You're just like, you're just like long-winded. I don't know. I, I love it's the what same, she's like, already London, been called. With London on Shaw's when everybody's like, the girl talks too much. It's like, some people just, some people just are that way. I loved that though when Dorit was like, Really? And she like did the head nod, but like (laughs) it it was, I liked how Garcelle, because she did bring up what Garcelle said or did in, in um, La La Quinta and 
Garcelle got really upset and was like, fuck you, fuck you. And I like the fact that the girls were like, Garcelle, sit down. Come on. Like, you're don't don't let this get to you because Garcelle had a point. She's like that. Erica's not even mad at me. That has nothing to do with you. Like, why? You're, yeah. And that goes to your point. Like, Dor- I want to know what Dorit wanted out of this. Co- like, did you want to move forward or do you want to pick and pick and pick? Like, what what was the what? What was the motive? I'm not sure. I'm still not sure, but I'm yeah, glad that, that was, it kind of like s- sizzled, fizzled. That was de- fizzled. <laughs> sizzled. That was definitely <laughs> that sizzled. That was a, a weirdly messy moment from Dorit because I feel like she normally isn't the kind of person. I mean, she'll like have her little thing that she wants to bring up, like with Garcelle, but then to bring back up the Erica thing, you know, what you did in Palm Springs, Garcelle. It just was, it felt unnecessary. And clearly nobody else in the group really was interested in rehashing that, including Erica, like you said. And, but then it was, it was weird because then Sutton, I felt like everybody at the table was kind of like throwing in their two cents here Mm -hmm. and there. Like, oh, like, how does everyone feel about Dorit? How how does everyone feel about Garcelle, et cetera, et cetera. But then Sutton says like one thing and Erica is ready to jump down her fucking throat because I, w- I would have well, done can- the exact same thing if I was Erica. Like I was waiting for that to happen. I I, I actually a hundred percent for the, like I'm obviously like am a fan of Erica and like obviously this situation is like you know whatever. But what Erica did at Sutton well, could have been extreme. It was a little, but I for one I feel like I would have reacted that way too because it just hit. After she went home with that information that she got last week and Sutton has no, mm-hmm. le- like, why would you shut up? You're shut up. What do you have to do with this? I think it's, yeah, it's the thing with Sutton is that I feel like she, we still are like digging through the layers of what's going on with Erica and Sutton clearly still is going to have more to say. Like next week we see in the preview, they're talking about what the idea of the divorce being a sham and Sutton is the one who's kind of like, I don't know if I buy it, but I, I just feel like Erica for the most part in this group can feel kind of like it's a safe space. And Sutton is the one person who's sort of preventing that. Like even with Garcelle, I think Garcelle maybe has asked more questions, but on the whole, I feel like Erica generally feels like supported by Garcelle Whereas with Sutton, she, she really feels, feels like there's this, like, she's trying to get to the bottom of something. She might not want, she kind of doesn't want me to succeed type of thing. And I think Sutton, I think, I don't think Sutton sees it that way. I think Sutton truly is like, I have questions. I can't help the fact that I have questions. And so like, and and I, I think I understand why Erica is like, pissed off about it but i don't i still don't think sutton is like trying to make an enemy out of erica i think she genuinely wants answers but because of the situation erica's in having somebody like sutton asking questions all the time is not a good thing asking questions is absolutely one thing and everyone there has done it like we even have questions duh but getting legal advice and worrying about your reputation and hanging out with this person is a whole other thing. And I think that's where Erica's looking at it. And it's like, 
funny you say that, that she feels comfortable because I actually thought that too earlier in the episode when Erica had Kyle and Rinna over. I actually feel like Erica was completely herself, comfortable and like open to talking to Kyle and Rinna and and didn't seem like she was on eggshells, in my opinion. It seemed like she was totally different. I don't think she would have any reason to be on eggshells around Kyle and Rinna because they cameras, are the I'm two saying. in the cast. Like, I feel like, like she was different. Kyle, Kyle and Rinna are the two in the cast that are basically Her have basically <laughs> chosen their side that yeah. they don't they don't seem to care to find out any details. You know, Kyle couldn't even read the article. It was too long. Um, and so I feel like I mean, obviously, the cameras are you know, some element, you know, she knows, I feel like Erica knows what she is and isn't going to say on camera. And so, you know, when she's having Rinna and Kyle over, it is a safe space because it's like, these two aren't trying to get to the bottom of anything, whether, whether Erica is guilty of stuff or not, it's not fun to be around somebody who is like investigating you. And I think Sutton kind of is in that role now Mm -hmm. of like the investigator and so she feels the investigator (laughs) she feels very comfortable with rinna and kyle to be like i stole this champagne from tom's wine cellar cheers bitches whereas like if she did that with sutton sutton would probably be like well whose money paid for the champagne she's like i can't drink the champagne which is a real question i'm sitting there watching it being like this champagne was purchased with like some orphans settlement money like literally every single every possession that erica has Mm -hmm. looking at it it's like a price tag that somebody didn't get that they were owed uh yeah looking at it like that it's very uncomfortable imagine yeah so it's a little weird to be like cheers you took this from the house because it's like okay cheers it's probably expensive (sighs) yeah i would imagine but it's so like, I don't know if we're going to find out all of a sudden this week though, we found out in real time that now his firm owes like over a hundred million dollars to people. And I gasped when I read that I was like, that is it's, it feels shocking, (laughs) but at the same time, it's like, well, they've spent a lot of money over the years. So I don't think if Tom was making millions of dollars at one point, legitimately, then he wouldn't have had a reason to start, you know, doing shady stuff if he was making all that money in a legit way. So I don't know. I feel like it's just, there's probably a bottomless pit of bad stuff. Oh, totally. But the part also though, I found interesting was when the fact that Erica kind of backtracked a little and the whole cheating, she found out he was cheating. And so she kept, you know, she said this before where she's like, what am I supposed to just leave and go where? So that's when she started working on her so she can stand on her own two feet in order to leave him. But right, she's been working for years already. And maybe, I don't know well, if she had like a cap where she was like, okay, I have enough money now. I'm going to leave. Like, I don't know. Yeah, the timeline is a little strange because then, you know, they're asking about when she knew about the infidelity and she links it back to when she was with Yolanda. I think this was when Yolanda was going through her split with David. And basically she's saying that Yolanda had told her 
basically like don't trust men essentially. And so then Erica, like that night went home and looked through Tom's phone. And it's like, that story feels, it feels like, I don't want to say it feels like fake, but it just, it's like almost a little too perfect. It's like, you've been married to this guy for 20 years. You've been on this show for like five years. And like the moment you knew your marriage wasn't perfect was because your co-star on the show, like said something about her public divorce. So then like that night you found out your husband was cheating, but you like, didn't say anything until now. I, it feels like if you were like writing, if you were writing like a soap opera, I feel like that's the storyline you would write, which it definitely could be true. But also I'm like, Oh damn, we're going back to Yolanda. Okay. Listen, sure. it, it 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 could be true, but I feel like that that story was probably not it could not be like perfect and but everything she's saying is true, but just not that correct timeline and just made it sound better. I don't know, but it does seem like it makes sense just like not going home that night coincidentally. Yeah, it's like it's very it feels like when they um when they like adapt a true story into a movie and they kind of like move the pieces around to make it into like a compelling narrative. I feel like, like she's telling woman. us like the movie. She's telling, <laughs> she's telling us like the movie version. Yeah. Let's talk about American woman. Cause this last scene between Kyle and Kathy. Did, I, did you like I, that segue? <laughs> I, that was a great segue. Thank you, Barry. Um, I loved this scene between Kyle and Kathy because we've gotten a lot of fun moments from Kathy this season, but we haven't, gotten too much of like a deeper look into her as a person and seeing her get emotional when the producer asked about those 10 years when she and Kyle were talking less it is like so it's so fascinating to see the like Hilton Richards sisters dynamic through the years and we've never we've never gotten a close look at the Kathy side of things and I love that they're giving that to us a little bit, even though she's not a full-time cast member. Yeah. I didn't realize that they were not talking or not in the best terms for that long. I didn't realize it was that amount of time. 10 years is like a really long time. I was a little surprised. Yeah. I mean, it's basically, it's basically the whole time that Kyle was on the show which I think we, I mean, I think maybe we knew for part of that time that like they weren't necessarily super close, but the fact that they were like not really on good terms was something I don't think we always knew about. And that Kyle like wasn't getting invited to family Christmases and stuff. Like that's like, that's a really hard, hard thing. And clearly they both still have their little like niggles about that. The fact that, Kathy still clearly is a little annoyed about the American woman stuff. And Kyle really, I don't think Kyle ever saw it. They've never like seen eye to eye on that. And I think Mm -hmm. Kyle still feels like it was sort of misunderstood. Um, I think Kathy's very old school in that sense. Yes. She's like, she's like, it doesn't matter if what was in the show was like a little bit fictional. It's like the fact that people were talking about it at all was like, Heart was like not cool to me and I think it's 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 to hear them talk about Kim the fact that you know they say Kim feels you know isolated lonely whatever it's it's interesting that they're having this conversation and about not wanting Kim to feel isolated and yet we're not seeing Kim 
at all on the show this season. I know it's like, you know, that's a whole separate issue of whether she's filming, but like, it would just be like so nice to see all three of them together. Uh, Yes. But you know, my favorite part of this conversation was when Kathy, they were talking about the lunch the day prior and Kathy was like, well, who said fuck you? And I was like, wait, are you Kathy? So then they did the flashback. Thank God for like these cameras. Kathy was literally either picking food out of her teeth or putting her lipstick on and like literally didn't know the argument was happening. There was that is six of them, seven at the table. I love the way they edited (laughs) this together, the way that they didn't we when we were in the scene, they were just showing us the action. You know, we really were just seeing Garcelle Dorit close up. And then the next day they show us this wider angle where it's Gar- Garcelle cursing out Dorit. And in the background, you just see Kathy with her little compact mirror. Like, it is that you is weren't like in a so loud brilliant. restaurant. You you heard, had to. How can you zone? That is amazing. That is an amazing talent that she had, but she literally is just unbothered. Like she just cannot. Like, just I know have it's time a big table, people. but like there's only <laughs> it's a big table, but like you're not that far away. Yeah, <laughs> uh, <laughs> she's amazing. But I hope that we see or Dorit kind of brings down her wall a little bit. That's what I am hopeful for in the next coming episodes or in real life because I kind of really want Dorit to do better like she's not bringing a lot for me this season and I love Dorit this this has been a little bit of an underwhelming season for Dorit and I feel like you know for a lot of the first half of the season she was kind of just on the sidelines and I I respect that I think this episode she tried to it does never goes well but it didn't it didn't quite work and i think the bullying accusation is all is usually ill advised on housewives because that word just has so much baggage along with it that whether or not you're using it accurately which i don't really think Dorit was i just think it rarely ever lands cuz people are always going to be like that's a big word that's a mm- Bully is a big word. I don't know if you don't use, don't throw that word around. And I feel like it was kind of like at a left field, a little bit of a reach. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But <laughs> I just feel like we've seen this before where you're not having that strong of a season and then you just start a fight with someone who is in yeah. their newer season. It's just not, it doesn't end well for that. We'll see what happens next week with the wedding dresses and with everything else that's going on. Uh, Stick around because our interview with Crystal is coming up next and it's a great one. Calling all my honeys. Support for today's episode comes from Honey Love. Whether you're a bride, a wedding guest, or simply seeking everyday smoothing, Honey Love is the go-to for all things shapewear. Honey Love has revolutionized compression technology so you no longer have to feel like you're suffocating while wearing effective shapewear. For a limited time, you can get Honey Love on sale. Get 20% off your entire order with our exclusive link, honeylove.com slash MIA. Support our show and check them out at honeylove.com forward slash MIA. When talking about shapewear, Honey Love's best-selling superpower short is the go-to. It has targeted compression technology that distinguishes between areas you want more support and areas where you need less compression. Their signature X targets and sculpts your midsection without squeezing your natural curves. 
It's designed to work with your body, not against it. The Superpower Short is helping ladies everywhere sculpt and smooth from stomach to thigh by offering just the perfect amount of compression. You won't have to worry about it rolling down, which is unheard of in shapewear, thanks to flexible boning that's hidden in the side seams. This piece is also a booty lifter. Boost bands on the back and thigh give your bottom an amazing shape. Treat yourself to the best bras and shapewear on the market and save 20% off at honeylove.com MIA. Use our exclusive link to get 20% off honeylove.com MIA. After you purchase, they'll ask you where you heard about them. Please support our show and tell them we sent you. Move with confidence. Thanks to Honeylove. Hey, I'm Andy Mitchell, a New York Times bestselling author. And I'm Sabrina Kohlberg, a morning television producer. We're moms of toddlers and best friends of 20 years. And we both love to talk about being parents, yes, but also pop culture. So we're combining our two interests by talking to celebrities, writers, and fellow scholars of TV and movies. Cinema, really. About what we all can learn from the fictional moms we love to watch. From ABC Audio and Good Morning America, Pop Culture Moms is out now wherever you listen to podcasts. Hey everyone, uh, welcome back. We are now joined by our brand new Real Housewife of Beverly Hills, one of our new favorites, Crystal Kung Minkoff. Crystal, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. How are you? I'm good. I'm excited to meet you guys. I'm such fans. Yay. We are also such fans. We, (laughs) like everyone, have been loving this season of Beverly Hills, and I'm excited to chat with you and kind of debrief a little bit on what we have been seeing unfold the last few weeks, because there's been a lot going on. <laughs> when, when Dylan and I recap every week, we're like, we take like a breath before we're like, Oh my God. So even, I can only imagine you. <laughs> I know. Even like when I watch, cause we get it a few days before Rob and I will watch together and we watch it like I wasn't there. We're like, oh my god! And then I'm like, and then he looks and he's like, I can't believe you were there. I'm like, trust. I don't know. It's wild to watch it. Yeah, <laughs> that's fun though. I'm curious yeah. to know. Like, this is obviously a very tumultuous season to kind of step into for your first season. Yeah. Was there a moment when you were filming that you were kind of like, oh, this is going to be like a really big deal. Like this is going to be a mess when it's airing. I, I don't know if I ever had that thought because I don't, you know, when you do it, it's the minute you step on to filming, it feels and looks very different than the show. Mm -hmm. Like, so I just, the whole time it was like, because I'd always watch the show, but sort of as a generic viewer, I didn't really dive deep like you guys do. Yeah. I, I was like in the back. Oh, it doesn't house. consume your life? <laughs> yeah, it did it. I'd watch over my phone, you know, it's kind of background noise. So like being on it was like, whoa, it doesn't, it doesn't I've never been on that side of the camera. So mm-hmm. I just remember thinking all the time, like, should I leave? Like, should I? This was a lot going on. I was felt like, like, should I really be here? Um, but then I was like, this is, yeah. I'm like, are, are they going to show this? Like, it just seems so big. And every season I'd seen before wasn't that intense. Yeah. So I was like, oh, maybe this stuff happens. And then they cut it out. Wait, I'm laughing at your response was that it wasn't one moment. It was every moment, every moment you're like, should I every leave? Moment, yeah, every day. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so tell us how you ended up on Housewives and 
what ultimately made your decision to do it? Um, my first call was from Teddy um, and just was like, it was a text. She's like, are you interested in doing this show? And I said, no, I just wrote back. No. <laughs> and she's like, well, we're interested. I was like, well, you know, that's so nice, but no. And then she's like, come on, just take a phone call. And it, COVID had, we just got in lockdown. So Rob was like, you have like, take a call. What are you going to do the rest of the year? You know, yeah. for nothing. So I'm like, okay. And then it just sort of kept going on. And I was like, I don't know. I, I feel bad talking to them because I don't want to, you know, do it. And it's then, like dating kind of. It's like dating and I'm not interested <laughs> and I'm catfishing and it was the whole thing. Yeah. And then um, I got a call from Kathy closer and she's like, you want to do it? And I was like, uh, and then she really commits. She's like, let's just go in together. Let's, you know, um, let's just do it. And I was like, you know what? The world is like imploding. Everyone is losing so much in their life, so many opportunities. And I was like, maybe the universe is telling me to like take an opportunity that I would have probably said no to any other year. Mm -hmm. Uh, so that's what happened. So then I said, yes. And then and then every time I was there, I was like, what am I doing here? <laughs> I know you said that when you were, when you show up to film, it doesn't, it feels and looks different than it is, you know, watching it on TV. How has your experience of sort of being a housewife been compared to what you kind of had in your mind? Well, I think the nature of our season, because it's like, it's so consequential what's happening right now, right? Where it's like, I thought we were going to be fighting about dogs or clothes or something like that, where I'm like, it's so petty that I was like, okay, whatever. And then while this was happening, it took me a minute because again, I was like, oh, maybe this is all, all not going to be a part of it. Mm -hmm. I don't, I literally thought that I you know, so I was like, I sort of was watching it and then thinking, okay, when are we going to start fighting about like petty? I don't know. It was, <laughs> I had no idea what, what to expect, but like anything, like, you know, if you go watch like, um, you know, like a, like a TV show, you know, like one of those like American Idol things I've been, it looks so big on camera, you know, but it's actually a very small stage. So that's, but it felt opposite where it's like, when you watch a show, everything's like close up shots, but then I walk in and it's like so big. And I was like, whoa, you know, it just, I was just a little bit of a deer in headlights the whole time. I guess that's kind of good though, that it wasn't what you were expecting. And it's like still surprising to you. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think that's why my reactions are so, I mean, I'm just, you know, like a regular person in sort of a weirdly irregular world, I guess. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I mean, all my reactions are, are totally authentic and just <laughs> constantly shocked. <laughs> I don't know what I to say. I think sometimes people have this idea of how like storylines work on these shows where it's like oh like they decide that for these two episodes you guys are going to argue about this and then it moves on to the next thing and like Ew. I feel like this season <laughs> is a really good illustration of how it's like you guys didn't have any clue you know what was going to be happening and you can see that you know when the LA Times article comes out and you're you know coming downstairs in the La Quinta house that it's like oh this is happening in real time and yeah. you're like processing it yeah. Someone said to me, it's so funny when you read like, oh, she just wants a storyline. And I was talking to someone who's a producer. He's like, no one wants a storyline on the show. 
Yeah. Let me be clear. We're not, I'm not excited. Like when you have a storyline, it's very intense on this show. So, cause it's not scripted. So, you know, and then I all wish, the focus goes to whoever's story. Yeah, you don't is. want it. Like, I wish it was almost scripted like these two episodes. Cause then you could sort of mentally check out of the experience because you're like, Oh, I'm supposed to be doing this, but it's nothing like that. It's just actual reality of what's happening. Yeah. And yeah, it's real. You know what? We obviously die hard. How many times do we have to repeat? We love Bravo so much. We love all these reality shows. And it's funny because everyone's like, Oh, it's scripted. And we already knew in our mindset that it wasn't, but we have talked to so many housewives and other Bravo celebrities who have like actually told us it's not like, this is our, our lives. Like it's not scripted. It's actually like you just said, you kind of wish it was, which I think yeah. is funny. <laughs> it would be easier, truly. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's like I said, when I watch it, I really watch it like it's a soap opera. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's why I look at Rob and it's like, I cannot believe I was there, <laughs> but it's real. And it's, but it reads a soap opera. It's, it's pretty wild. Yeah. Does Rob kind of have fun watching you in this world? Because obviously he's, you know, been in the entertainment industry forever, but on a very different side of things. Is it kind (laughs) of just amusing to him to see all this go down? Totally. I mean, he was like, I think he's like the classic husband that like, oh God, you're watching that show and like, (laughs) you know, and then now that I'm on it, his reactions are hysterical because he's like, this is so dramatic. (laughs) And, you know, he draws like furry animals, like his experience (laughs) of entertainment is very soft and like happy and like, oh, should we hurt the mom? Like, is she going to, you know, the story of the death, you know, like that's his life. Like, this is like, oh my God, what's happening. But while I'm watching it in bed crying, he's like, oh, that was a great episode. He just like goes away. Like he is, it's so, he understands what's going on. Right. Well, I take it on so much. And, uh, but he's totally enjoying it. Yeah. I remember well, Garcelle yeah. told this story about how when she went back to film the Coming to America sequel, it was like 30 years later, and everybody on the set just wanted to hear about what it was like to be on Housewives. <laughs> <laughs> it's like Eddie Murphy and Arsenio Hall, and they're like, so what's, what's Housewives like? <laughs> that is so funny. Oh my God. When you say that, so <laughs> Rob directed Haunted Mansion with Eddie. Yes. Mm-hmm. And Eddie would call Rob the white Arsenio Hall. <laughs> I don't know if that story's ever been said before, but he's like, he always like the white Arsenio Hall. So that's where it's from, from that movie. I didn't even know that. <laughs> that's funny. Um, yeah. So Rob says a lot. He goes into meetings and they're like, so can we talk about Crystal? <laughs> oh my gosh. That is hilarious. That is it really is. <laughs> um, Okay, so who in the Bravo world has been most welcoming to you? I guess we could say besides Kathy, because we've seen yeah. that. Um, I started to get, which I kind of sort of freaked me out because then I realized like I was now now a housewife, but I would started to get like messages from housewives on mm-hmm. other branches, you know, just like welcome to the club, here for <laughs> support. It was really nice. Dorinda messaged me and I'm like, I'm such a Dorinda fan. So I was like, I was texting my friend, Steve, and I was like, oh my God, Dorinda's texting me. Um, And then because Ebony and Tiffany and I were like our first year kind of doing what we were doing, we have sort of this connection, like what's your experience? How's it been going? Yeah. It's been really nice. Um, But the girls like all on my show have been welcoming at different stages but all in their own ways for sure. And I think that, you know, they, 
remember what it's like to be their first time. Right. And um, so, yeah, it's been, yeah, everyone's been quite welcoming. Was there anyone that you, in your cast, that you kind of had a preconceived notion about that turned out not to be true or maybe that you thought you would click with and you didn't right away? Um, I thought Erica would be like really cold because that's like her, mm-hmm. you know, sort of personality on the show. Um, and then I was, she was immediately very warm. But then I remember Rena was like, you're getting a different Erica. And this is before it started. It should already softened, I guess. So I didn't, I just sort of watched the show and then went into this person who was like, always like kind of fixing my clothes and like, she's like, help like sit up straight. And like, cause I've never been on camera. Mm-hmm. So that was like, I was like, Oh, okay. And then, so that's why I think I was just always like leaning in with empathy with her. Cause I'm like, Oh, she was she's so nice to me and helpful. Um, and I expected sort of like the, you know, Disney villain character to me, <laughs> uh, but she wasn't. Um, and I thought <laughs> Dorit would be aloof. But she was super warm. Like, <laughs> I know, is that weird? I don't know. I just thought she was like going to be kind of flighty around me. And she was like, I love your family. And like, you know, you should bring the kids over immediately, like that with me. Oh, good. And Garcelle. Garcelle, right when I walked in, was like, You're Rob's wife. Like, she like screamed it out. And I was like, I know. Like, I was so excited to see you because um, I hadn't seen her for a long time. I love your friendship with Garcelle on the show. Like, when you guys were in La Quinta at the hotel mm-hmm. together, it felt like you were kind of like a little, dynamic duo like (laughs) (laughs) Bill and the T actually we have a lot of moments like that you know there's only so much that they can air right uh but we have a lot of just sort of the two of us hanging out and yeah when we're I I noticed that I'm better filming one-on-one and I don't say that like with the girls I just filming at this the sort of experience of it when I watch myself like I relax more when I'm with just one person I can sort of forget the cameras right the whole cast because it's a bigger, it's like all big. I sort of notice it more so I can really sort of open up when I'm with a smaller group. And so I got to film a lot with Garcelle alone, which is nice. Well, I hope those are things we wish we could see more of. (laughs) But speaking of certain friendships, it seems like you and Sutton have actually come a long way in just a few short episodes. But did anything happen or were there any, anything that was resolved after everything went down with Erica was like, was there something specific that happened between you two? Which part, sorry, which part you mean after La Quinta? So like after ugly leather pants. Yeah. It like, kind of felt like. Jump. Yeah. So that's why I, they don't. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> By the way, I refer to ugly leather pants. So like when I'm just oh like casually God. talking to like my friend, like, oh yeah, they're like, oh, no. I'm like, oh yeah. So after la- ugly leather pants, it's, then this um, happened, it's like, kind of a watershed pants. moment. Like yeah, I, it it's either before. <laughs> <laughs> it totally is. That's how I reference everything. So, so it's like, um, like BC, but now it's like BLB, right? Harry's, Harry's um, Bolognese lunch yeah. slash ugly leather pants. Yeah. Um, so that was obviously a big blowout. And then that night we found out about the COVID situation. And then mm. we all had to go home and quarantine and Sutton called me and I was sitting in this chair and I was like, what does she want? <laughs> and I closed the door and we talked it out and it was like, no more. And I was like, I have not wanted it since it happened. Right. I don't know if you, she's like, that's not true. And I'm like, I, I, sw- I uh, like, I swear, like I really haven't. 
I don't want to ever talk about it again. And we're like, I said, but when you say we're not talking about it again, you do not talk about it again. Like it's a commitment real. And she's like, I'm committed. I said, okay, then we're going to move forward. And so we had that space and it's not aired. So that's why when we're suddenly like, oh, then we're in La Quinta, then it's like, we're cool. And we're still working on it. It's not like, because I had never met her before. So my only experience was up until then. So it was like starting fresh. So when you see us, it's starting to build the friendship and getting to know each other. And that was my thing was like, I'm going to try to start fresh, even though I still had like wounds. Um, And I'm sure she did too. That was our commitment. And we both did it. So it was, yeah, it worked out. Yeah. You should have been like, I'm fully committed, but like, do you actually think my pants are ugly or are you just saying that? <laughs> I don't need her uh, validation of those amazing pants. I agree. So- I feel like Sutton has a lot of style, but it's very particular to her. Yes. So like her her idea of what might be ugly is not necessarily universal. I'm not going to disagree. You're not getting me <laughs> in anything, but I won't disagree with your opinion, Dylan. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I do I do feel like it's hard when you're on obviously there's a whole season you're filming for you know 4 months or something when there's kind of an ongoing conflict it makes sense from a personal standpoint that it's like you can't just move right past it but then you don't necessarily want to spend the whole season you know going back and forth so it's kind of I feel like it's been nice as a viewer that it's like okay I'm sure they still have their kind of tension or moments or whatever, but it's not like still being rehashed for half the episode. So it's, it's kind of nice that you guys were able to, to sort of set it aside and not reopen that box every time you're together. That's a great observation because I remember when I was talking to Rob, um, I called him in Tahoe. Obviously I was so distraught. Like, I don't know, you know, I'm like, this is my fourth day of shooting, you know, and this is going on. And he's like, you need to resolve it. Like Mm -hmm. hug it out. I was like, I don't, talking about he's like that's how it works like you have to do that and I said that's inauthentic to me and the thing is that you have to keep filming and filming and filming and I have no space to resolve it for myself and so that's I think why that time was so good for me between pants and La Quinta because I really genuinely needed it and I, I would I would be super fake on this show if I just hugged it out because I would have internally held. And I already had so much internal struggle with it opening up and saying, I can't deal with this yet. So it would have been inauthentic to me. So that's why it took a while. But because we both put it aside, I was actually genuinely able to, to start and it takes time, but I, it was genuine. So that's what I want for myself. I don't want to like pretend to be your friend. Like that's, you know, that's hard. Yeah. And we can, I feel like the viewers can tell when it's like really just kind of fake, you know, like when you're really just doing it to do it, but it's nice when you can feel like there's been a little bit of space and it's like, okay, we're, we're actually moving forward, not just pretending not to care. Yeah. And I actually really like that. (laughs) Like hearing that that's how you did it and how you felt and that you, we went through the motions and now you're in a good place. Well, I think. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. so for sure and we're still getting to know each other we only had yeah you know that was only that was already halfway through the season and it's not that much time left because obviously there's so much else going on mm-hmm. and you know they're not going to film us constantly doing kumbaya and like 
holding hands and, you know, healing circles and crap. So, you know, you have to deal with so much turmoil while sort of on the underbelly of it, trying to get to know each other. Right. Um, But, you know, we do. And it's a, it takes time, but that's how real friendships develop. So how are you feeling heading into your first reunion? And has anyone given you any advice? I wasn't nervous last week. Maybe I'm getting a little more. I don't know what to expect. Um, But I just know um, I'm just going to tell the truth. And that's what sets me free. And what's interesting about this show is you can tell the truth and half the people can still think you're lying. And I've never had it in my life before. Because I've always been (laughs) extremely, um, like, my integrity is very important to me, whether I'm right or wrong. Like, I always try to be right in in terms of being right as a good person. And even that can get you in trouble. It's bizarre. Um, But I I have to go to bed with myself. So that's my thing. I'm just going to be honest. And, but with an open mind and what I've learned and the things I, you know, that I'm going to stick with. Uh, and that's it. And hopefully it won't be that horrible. (laughs) It's also, I mean, you were talking about how, you know, in your life, you know, people aren't questioning whether you're telling the truth and the reunion is kind of an unnatural thing because, you know, like if you, you and Sutton agree to move on, you know, when you sit down in the reunion chair, Andy's going to be there with his note card and be like, so Chris and Sutton. So like, you kind of have to just like, I need to listen to her experience because everyone has their own. And right. her and her experience is real. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like that's everyone's even two people can be right at the same time and something wrong happens and vice versa. So like, I'm just going to do my best and listen. And, and that's across the board, even if I don't have any issues with people, just sort of what they were going through because no yeah. one knows what I was going through. I was struggling the whole season really deeply. It was hard. The show was hard for me. And I just kind of, planned up a lot, you know, and then I've had a lot of time, obviously, since we stopped to really process it. And so I think I'm in a better place with it. But um, yeah, of course, you know, I know the concept of the reunion, it's gonna be (laughs) right. Interesting. I don't know. But maybe print out the definition of violated. (laughs) (laughs) I know what that means. I'm very good with linguistics. So I'm not worried about that. I'm excited. Number one, to see your look, your reunion look, because I'm just confident that you'll be one of the best dressed, but, and also for your like one liners, I love, I I remember in like the beginning when you like first met, when we first saw you on the show, I was like, she's so good at like shutting something down, like really quick. (laughs) Like you're either like, yeah, or okay. And I'm like, I love that. It's so good. I don't need to, I know I feel so, you know, you can try to move me and (laughs) If I'm open to movement, I'll tell you. If I'm not, there's no more discussion. (laughs) (laughs) Can't wait. Okay, real quick. So I feel like you must have just a ton of amazing stories, you and Rob both. You posted the other day on your Instagram story that your first date with Rob was at the premiere of Finding Nemo. Yeah. I like can't stop thinking about that because it's (laughs) just, it sounds so crazy. But what was it like when you first started seeing Rob kind of being like, brought into this world where that's just a random date activity? 
I mean, I would be lying if I wasn't like, oh my God, like freaking out. So excited. Cause I grew up in LA and you have friends who are actors, you see them sort of leave for two weeks and stuff like that to film. But like, unless you're like in it, you don't know it. It just, right. you know, it's universal studios. It's like, it's not real. Um, and so, yeah, so I met him in this big studio. He was directing a movie. It was Haunted Mansion and it was like fabulous. And, you know, he's big offices and then, but I was 20, you know, I was like, oh, just totally enamored with the whole thing. And then he called me the next day and was like, oh, do you want to go on a date next week? And then I was like, okay. So I found out that week it was the premiere and like the car picks me up. Like, I don't even know if I've ever been in car service. Like it was a big deal. And then when we got there, he was just like, you can't walk the carpet with me. I was like, I don't want to walk the carpet. Oh, no. <laughs> because, like, it's, you can't be, you can't take a picture with this like random person, you know? Right. Yeah. Okay. So that's why there's no Getty images. Cause I was <laughs> looking. <laughs> I think I have some like home photos and I'm sure okay. they go. I mean, I know I do. Um, but like, um, I remember like not wanting to. So his handler like walked me behind the carpet and stuff like that. And all I remember was like, you walk into, it was, um, at the El Capitan and then you go across to Kodak and massive party after and they all the tabletops I remember so to speak like it was such a big deal um were like um coral reefs the, the centerpieces, <sighs> and they had all these stuffed animals of like Nemo and stuff and Dory and and I was like t- stealing them <laughs> Crystal can I just tell you that finding Nemo is is like one. So I'm like living through this date right now because <laughs> Finding Nemo, I saw Finding Nemo on ice. I had yeah, Finding Nemo bed sheets at sleepaway camp. Like, no, you don't under, like it's my, was my favorite. So I, th- I'm laughing, thinking about, imagine he's like, well, we can go to a movie tomorrow or I have this movie premiere tonight. Like whatever you want. <laughs> no, it was definitely like, and I, I do remember at the end, um, during the credits, we like hold ha- we're holding hands. I was like, oh my god, this is like such a big deal. And then I got to like <laughs> steal stuffed animals, and so it was like a perfect night. It was really amazing. <laughs> I I'm obsessed I with that, that story. <laughs> I'm <laughs> okay. So we're gonna finish up with a quick game that we play with all our housewife guests. Okay. Um, it's called Who Would You Choose? And for each question, you're gonna pick somebody from your Beverly Hills cast. Okay. For the answer. It's not too shady. So don't, you're not going to ruffle any feathers with this. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. So first of all, who would you take motherhood advice from? Kyle. Okay. I feel like we've got, yeah, we've heard that before. That Come sense. on. She's like the yeah. mom. Whose closet would you raid? Erica's. Same. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> she, I mean, she has like two, clo- at least two closets. Yeah. She has the, sh- the shoe pants. I haven't seen... Like she's, I think she's the only closet I've seen in person. Okay. Um, I filmed that. So I think that's why I automatically go Erica. Cause I haven't, I've only seen the other girls on TV if I've seen them, but I saw, well, we know Hill. Lisa Rinna's keeping all her old dresses in the garage. In the so garage. <laughs> <laughs> I have a okay. garage full of junk already. I don't need to go to someone's garage. Okay. Who would you want to plan your next vacation? So they're pick, they're making all the arrangements. Um, I'm going to say Dorit cause she's been traveling very well lately, like lots of private planes. And I mean, it looks good. So I'm going to jump on that one. I'm not going to pay for it. <laughs> yeah. No, 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 no. You're not yeah, putting yeah, the okay. bill. Okay, we I'm don't pay, pay over here. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm a really good free guest. Same. That's, that's <laughs> the way to be. <laughs> Who would you want to cook you dinner? Kyle. Kyle. She knows, she knows her way around the kitchen and she doesn't want Kathy to help. No, <laughs> I no. don't know if I would want Kathy to 
no, cook me anything. No. <laughs> <laughs> Love her, but okay. Who would you take relationship advice from? Um, Kathy. The marriage. I mean, she, her marriage yes. is just. I had dinner with with Rick and Kathy the other day, and they're so in love. Like it's great. I mean, I'm, I'm, I have a great marriage too, but it's like that (laughs) level, like yeah, long together, raising such successful kids, going through so much turmoil, like Kathy knows what's up. Yeah. I actually randomly was watching the simple life the other day and it was the first episode and it was so old school now that I think about it It came out so long ago, but that you saw Kathy and Rick and they were, it was like so many years ago, but it's very cute. I'm going to continue watching. They're very, um, yeah. Who would you let decorate your house? Um, Kathy, I want to see more of the inside of her house. We only saw her kitchen when you guys were playing tennis. So I don't really her have like, a... A lot of ha- oh, you'll see yeah. it. She has to go to dinner. <laughs> okay. Okay. There's, good. there's a lot more. Yes. <laughs> I would imagine. I think that's what it is. There's so many rooms that you're like, I, it's a lot of house. Okay. And the last one, who, which housewife from another city would you want to join the Beverly Hills cast? Oh, I know this sounds crazy. Okay. Well, I'm going to say, I, I'm just going to throw out Ebony and Tiffany because I love them, but I, I also would love Bethany. Okay. Well, I, we know Bethany and Kyle have a little bit of history. Yes. So, and I like, knew for some reason that you were going to say Tiffany. And I was hoping that would, because she can like, when you, when we were talking about closets before her closet is oh, one yeah, of like her, our favorites. Yeah. That's what I thought of. <laughs> so I was like, her closet can give these women a run for their money. So I yeah. would love to see that. She, yes, she has a crazy closet. Yeah. It's crazy. What Every did, time she sees me in a picture or something, she's like, Oh, I have that in like seven colors. Oh like, my God. What did I'm you not think- shocked. What did you think of the reaction on social media to your very limited edition Birkin that you showed on the show? <laughs> oh, <laughs> it's so funny because I, I always put my stuff down on my kitchen table to leave. And then there was that whole scene, which I was like, Oh God, you know, um, it's hysterical. I mean, like it looks like a gingerbread house. Like I totally yes. understand. Which I, mean, I think Tiffany has that bag as well. She does. She has it in she blue. Does. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I was with, a. I was, I'm like, it's like a person. I was with a blue one the other day, wondering if it was worth, you know, taking her home, but, um, it was, it's funny, you know? And I think that I get it. Like, it's such an absurd sort of thing to buy, but I buy investments. Like people buy watches, people buy houses. It's a very small thing that I could put away and like, I can, it's a good investment. So that's how I look at it. Just it's Bitcoin in a person. I agree. People that don't understand the investment value of something like an Hermes bag, it's like, they just can't wrap their mind around it. But it, I I know what you mean. It makes sense. I don't buy things. I don't have that much stuff because it becomes worthless. So the things Mm. I do have, um, like I, I don't, I, I don't collect a lot of stuff. I'm not, I'm not like, I don't have hundreds of bags. It's not my style, but if I do, I want to be able to sell it. I have to, or I want to. So that's my thing. So I, people don't get it and it's okay. And you never know. I mean, some, someday you might need to, you never. <laughs> you well, you're reminding me to say that. No, but, okay. I, but I still it's an investment. do. 
want yes. to see your closet as many <laughs> as as little things you said. I would like to see it still. So. I'm going to bust out some stuff. I get a little nervous about showing everything in my house. Yeah, no, I agree. Totally. You know, I don't know why people want to do that, but um, I, you know, I br- I'll bring out little little fun things out. Sometimes. Dylan, <laughs> that's what we should do instead of like when we go when COVID's over, if, when, hopefully we should do closet tours of housewives. People would love that. We People would love, would love that. that. I'm not sure the housewives would love that. And I feel like, I feel like my, I can like feel my fingers getting a little sticky. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> like, just... <laughs> I get it. I get it. I feel that way when I, I have friends who have closets that are bananas and it's like, I'm like, wow, you know, and I envy it, but I just, I just don't like a lot of stuff. So yeah. it seems like too much to deal with, but I, I can totally appreciate it, you know? Yeah. Totally. And for the record, I said that I would want to see you in New York. Oh, okay. I don't know who I said that to. Maybe it was one of our episodes. Maybe I was just like talking to my friend. No, I was like, she's so chic. Like I can uh, see you in New York as well. I think I, I've always been such a fan of New York. It's a little messy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, maybe. I don't mean this <laughs> season. To Ebony. You, are not, you are not joining oh this season. God. I won't allow it. Why is it so <laughs> messy? This, oh my gosh. Like it's just cringy, cringy every episode. Like, oh. I know. Uh, well, no. Real Housewives of Beverly Hills is not cringy every episode. It's riveting. And we are mm-hmm. enjoying it so much. And we're loving your first season. And Thank we're you. so happy that you could stop by and chat with us. I'm so happy to. Thank you for having me. Of course. Thank you. And hopefully we can talk soon. Next time you're in New York, uh, come hang out. We'll have fun. I will be in New York a lot soon. Perfect. Crystal, thank you so much. Have a great day and we will talk to you soon. Thank you. Thanks so much for listening, everyone. Hope you enjoyed that interview with Crystal. If you did, make sure to rate, review, follow the show wherever you listen. We will be back on Monday with another episode. In the meantime, just be cool. Don't be all like uncool. Mention It All is produced by Sean Kilby and Jorge Morales Pico. Editing by Sean Kilby. Social media by Dylan Hafer. Guest booking by Nicole Pellegrino. Be sure to follow at Bravo by Betches on Instagram and Twitter. Betches.